Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruin. This is Hallie, and this is our podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. And um, as you know, if you're a, a listener, a longtime listener, first-time murderer, I don't know, Allison is taking a, a brief hiatus from the pod to do her fabulous one-woman show in New York. So I'm g- going to be joined by a series of phenomenal guest hosts, and um, I'm very excited to introduce the one for this week, the love of my life, uh, the off-mentioned boyfriend of the pod, Dave Schilling. Hey! Howdy. Welcome it's to the so, pod, Dave. It's so good to talk to you for once. Like, it just feels like it's been forever. Right. I usually communicate only in stony, silent glares <laughs> across the apartment. Yeah, it's sort of like Revolutionary Road, my favorite movie. Right, yeah. I mean, laugh a minute, that one. And we can also tell, you know, how we're each other's feeling by how much poison we put in each other's food. Are you thinking of uh, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Phantom Thread? Oh, I am thinking of Phantom Thread. Was that not a documentary about how to have a perfect relationship? Because that's what I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was uh, true to life that at some point you want to kill your spouse. But guess what? I love you, and I would never do anything to harm Aww. you. I just want to give you big hugs and kisses through the microphone. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm back to the poison idea. Okay, bye. No, never too thick. Um, we've been asking you all at home to send us five-star reviews with a spooky little story in them, and we will read them on the pod. We have a great one. It mentions Allison, but Dave, I'm going to read it to you, and we'll okay. get your reactions to it. <clears throat> it says, please just give me the Diet Coke. Please, Allison. Just give me the Diet Coke. I need it, Allison. You know that. I read in the New York Times that lab rats prefer saccharin to cocaine. Allison, and now I'm addicted. Why are you keeping it from me, Allison? You don't want to see what I'll do when I'm this thirsty. And who left it? It's none other than Ratma, who, of course, we met in uh, uh, VHS 94. Ratma, thank you so much for leaving that review. And also, I, oh, this is, we're a Diet Coke household. You don't want to see us when we're that thirsty either. I'm more of a Dr. Pepper cream soda guy now. Yeah. You know that. It's, it's, it's all over the refrigerator now. It's just everywhere. We're you, swir- you like we're a novelty soda. Yeah, you are I someone you you will try something out. The new thing that I want Dave to get is, uh, if you anyone who's been getting ads for this on Twitter like we have, is the, uh, the Dr. Pepper Dark Berry. Oh, oh spooky. Who's your favorite berry? Oh, baby. Um, Barry Gibbs? What about you? Be- Barry Gibb is a good answer. I'm going to say Barry Goldwater, a Republican presidential uh, nominee from Arizona. Just um, kidding. Is, of course- he sucks. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, this is not an ad for Dr. Pepper. You could tell because it's not going to make you want to drink one. Hmm. This is <laughs> the opposite of an ad. 
Maybe um, this is one of those reverse jinxes where it's like, don't drink Dr. Pepper and cream soda if you know what's mm. good for you, wink. And then everybody goes out and does it. <laughs> That's how marketing works, Hallie. I thought a reverse jinx is when you do reverse cowgirl with Robert Durst from the jinx. <laughs> we can try that. I mean, he, well, he's, he, is he is dead. He's in heaven now. He's he's deceased. <laughs> and he's going to float up to heaven. He's at the, the right hand of the father. I'm kidding. If there's a hell, that guy is... Mumbling and bumbling around it for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But let us let us begin. I don't I, I don't want to uh, leave you in our incredibly hot apartment uh, forever without turning. I might sit down to my my uh, uh, underwear before this is over. This might be a foreplay for us. Oh boy! <laughs> my, yeah, I'm, I'm sure ch- that's what people love to hear. <laughs> a full podcast worth of. Uh, uh, foreplay, especially when the movie is this week. And we, of course, have been doing movies that Allison has seen. So she's only seen a handful of horror movies, but we're doing them all in her absence. So the movie, of course, we're doing this week is 2004's Saw. Ah, uh, yes. So we've had Dave watch the trailer for Saw. And Dave, what are your thoughts about Saw? I mean, I am amazed at the cavalcade of B-movie stars that show up in this trailer. Yes. Danny Glover, who, of course, had his day in the sun and Lethal Weapon and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But by 2004, you know, he's just (laughs) picking uh, bad apples out of the dumpster and cutting around it. He's trying his best just to eat. Uh, Carrie Elwes, we love Princess Bride, but 2004, what's he doing? Mm -hmm. He's lucky if he gets to play, like, the evil murderer on an SVU episode. And then my favorite is Dean Meyer. I was gonna say, I believe this time Carrie Elwes was um, in Georgia role with um, uh, Mean Girl star Lindsay Lohan, and I believe he plays a, a pedophile, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh spoiler God. alert: if you haven't seen Georgia Roll or didn't know that, that movie even existed, but I agree. This is. Um, I was also gonna add uh, Monica Potter. Monica Potter's in it. Dina Meyer, who of course played Dizzy in Starship Troopers. She's great. Oh, wow. Um, yes, we do see her naked in that movie, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, I also love that this uh, is from Twisted Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, this, in case you're wondering if this movie is going to be twisted, freaky deaky, or <laughs> in some way, you know, jokerified, you're in good hands. This is the most jokerified movie, movie of all time. Highly jokerified. And it is, of course, from two names that listeners will remember. Uh, it was written and it will be co starring um, Lee Whannell who is sort of, you know, he he's of insidious fame. And, of course, uh, I think most recently did, um, he directed The Invisible Man, which we have done earlier in the pod. And this was the directorial debut of James Wan of malignant fame. And this is what sort of launched him into the Blumhouse horror, you know, sort of auteur space. Um, in addition, of course, directing um, Furious 7 and a host of other films like Aquaman. This was the beginning. And I'll be honest, and we, um, we could talk about this a little bit. I had never seen Saw before we watched it for the podcast. And I think for me, it was because it has the re- reputation of being a torture porn, gore, you know, brutality. And, and not that I object to that. I just personally don't find that scary. I find it gross. I find it tough to watch. Dave, why have you not seen Saw until now? The exact same reason. This is why we're a mm-hmm. perfect couple. Is because <laughs> I cannot stand just grotesquerie for the sake of it. I love mm-hmm. uh, horror movies where people get stabbed and you know limbs are cut off and stuff. That's fine. But the way that they linger on this stuff in a lot of these torture porn right. movies, 
I just, I can't stand it. We were watching Severance and there's a scene in that show where they drill a drill through someone's skull and I just want to barf, but they like linger on like you peeling the flesh back of their skin and seeing like the the fragments of bone as it drills into the the head. I just like, no, no, give me like a beautiful Dario Argento Italian horror movie from the 70s where the blood (laughs) looks like corn syrup and all of the limbs look like mannequins from the department store. Right, like you're gonna see a, a a skull go into someone's head, but you can tell even from there it's just a piece of styrofoam. You know what I mean? It's not an actual. It's not, it's not giving you realism. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is not. It is not serving me um, vivisection <laughs> realness, as you might yeah. say. Tra- what is it? Trepanning? Trepanning? No tra- yes. trepanning realism here. <laughs> None um, of that. Which is why I was so excited to have you do saws. I knew you wouldn't like it. So here we are. And as we're about to get into it, we always have to take a baseline scary. And I think there are two different things to be afraid of, one of which I think is sort of the normal question. So is what, how scary do you find the concept of being trapped by a serial killer and having to sort of outsmart them in order to survive? Is this on a number scale? Like no, it's just how you feel. I think it's oh, just— Oh, I feel yeah, horrified by the idea of being trapped. Yes. I would give it a, a 10. It's a 10. And then, then the flip side of that is, how scary do you find the concept of being someone who is a serial killer and is rationalizing all sorts of goofy nonsense because of your own warped moral code? Yeah, it's not that scary. I'd think—it'd be fine. But do you think you would—because you know, fundamentally, on some level, you would never do that? I would never do that as a person. What you're describing mm-hmm. is absurd. But let's right. say that does happen. I wouldn't personally find it scary unless I was outside of myself and commenting on my behavior. If I'm a rationalizing serial killer, I'm good. Right. I'm having pina coladas on the beach <laughs> as soon as I'm done with my, with my hacking sessions. Wow, so it sounds like you're already in the mind of the killer, Dave, which I'm really glad for because you're going to spend uh, the next hour inside of um, a very special gentleman. And um, in, in the interest of full disclosure, Dave and I have seen the Chris Rock film Spiral Colon from the Book of Saw, um, the most recent yeah. Saw movie. However, it is very tenuously tied to the Saw franchise. And so I feel like we... Having now seen the original Saw, they are very different, and, and it does not constitute a spoiler, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm very familiar with the book of Saw, but I haven't seen the movie version, if that right, makes exactly. sense. Right, exactly. You know, and some say the book's better, you know what I mean? If there's going to be a book of Saw, you might as sure. well make it good. Yeah. Read it on the airplane, on your way to hell! Um, <laughs> and before we begin, of course, we always have Allison... Guess the twist, and today, and today, Dave, it falls to you. Would you like to guess the twist in Saw? Guess the twist. Okay, so I know Carrie Elwes is tied up. I know that Danny Glover is in some way investigating this. Yes. Maybe Danny Glover is involved in working with Jigsaw to, like, Love it. make the traps. Love it. Um, fabulous. And this was, we're going to have sort of like the, um, you know, the boy, there's going to be an issue where it's like, who is Jigsaw? Jigsaw, the entity, Jigsaw is the human person. Jigsaw is the little puppet who comes out on a tricycle because baby, there's a little puppet that comes out on a tricycle, but we're going to burn that bridge when we cross it while we're being chased by the puppet on the tricycle. So let's begin ruining Saw. We open on 
Adam, played by Lee Winnell, is submerged in a bathtub and waking up coughing water and bolt upright into what I will describe as a gigantic torture bathroom. This movie is filled with warehouses, um, manic, abandoned mannequin factories, um, decommissioned toilet companies. Like, it's like, I don't know where this is supposed to be, but it's it, it does um, evoke Seven, where it's like, in Seven, it's like, how many disgusting warehouses can one city have? You know? And the answer is apparently a million. Would you say that this is the opposite of a Nancy Myers movie? Yes, and that's interesting because on the movie, on the podcast, I've talked about how James Wan has evolved into a Nancy Myers of horror. When you see Malignant, the, the interiors are fabulous. Everybody's got a great house. Gorgeous kitchen. Great clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But here, he's going grime, and that's what the movie this reminds me of most is Seven. Like, sort of that grimy, dirty, broken window, cobweb, you know. So Adam wakes up, and he's so disoriented, he doesn't see that there's something floating. There's a little blue light attached to a chain floating around him. And, and, and as he struggles up, he accidentally pulls the plug of the bathtub, and it's the water starts draining out as he's sitting up and coughing. Adam, unfortunately, he gets up. It is a room with broken tile, shattered mirrors, grime, shit smeared on the, on the, on the toilet tank. He is, unfortunately, chained to a pipe. And the, also, uh, he has no shoes on. So there's a lot of, like, broken tile business on bare feet, which I didn't care for. And he's panicking to himself, and Adam says, oh, my God, I'm probably dead. And he hears a voice across the room. Is it, of course, it is, of course, Dr. Lawrence Gordon, played by Carrie Elwes. And he says, you're not dead. And Adam's screaming, like, what is that? What is that smell? Just then, uh, Lawrence, he, it, it, we're in darkness. We can see a little bit. Lawrence figures out how to turn the lights on. And they look, and in the middle of the room, and again, what I would describe as an industrial bathroom, I don't to what end, I don't know, there is a corpse of a man with a bloody mass of a face, a gun in one hand, and a tape recorder in the other. And Adam does the only rational thing. He turns and he immediately starts vomiting before screaming hysterically. Lawrence is more on board with it, sort of knows where we're at. It's like, no one could hear us. I've been screaming forever. I don't know how we got here either. Neither of them have any memory of getting in the room. And I will say, Carrie Elwes's blonde highlights really mark this as from 2004. Like, it's you don't see this kind of hair on a man currently. I like the idea of him just being like, yeah, it's fine. Everybody calm down. Let's do, yeah. like, you know, some mixers or, like, you know, some games to, like, figure out who you are and, like, get to know each other. Like, he wants to do some <laughs> sort of, like, garden party with this. He's like, it's cool, right, man. Yeah. Relax. Two truths and a lie. Um, I'm not trapped in the world's most disgusting <laughs> bathroom. Okay, I know that's a lie. I, I have shit myself. <laughs> mm. Adam is starting to try to rationalize, like, oh, my God, they, we've been kidnapped to have our organs harvested. And Lawrence is like, if they wanted our organs, they would have just taken them. They would, we would be probably be dead by now. There must be a reason we are alive. We have to figure it out. Whoever has captured us, because they have no memory of how they were taken, we have to figure out what they want. So the game is afoot, Dave. Uh. So they start pulling on the chains of their ankles. They can't be removed. There is on the wall a large, very new-looking, like, school clock. And so he's like, okay, so the person who's keeping us here needs us to know what time it is. Time is going to be a, an important part. It's basically, they're playing it like an escape room, which is I, I kind of smart. Now that escape rooms are more clever, you know, 
they're they're trying to rationalize what are the clues. Do you think Saw like inspired the idea of the escape room? Because I never heard of them before this wow. movie came out. I think it might have. It, it definitely helped make it more popular. And I does kind of, aside from the fact that it's real, would be kind of fun, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just then, both Adam and Lawrence find in their pockets an envelope. In Adam's envelope, it is a mini cassette, and it looks like it'll fit in the cassette player that the dead body in the middle of the floor is holding. Lawrence checks his pocket, and he has a mini tape too, Dave, in addition to a key and a single bullet. Mm. Unfortunately... They try the key in their chains. The key is not for either of their chains. Mm. Uh, they wrestle the tape player from the dead body. They're able to sort of uh, use the bathtub pl- plug to lasso it out of the corpse's hand and pull it over to Adam. And we hear the iconic voice that if you know anything about the, the Saw franchise, you will immediately recognize. So I'm going to try to imitate it. <clears throat> Rise and shine, Adam. You're probably wondering where you are. I'll tell you where you might be. You might be in the room that you're going to die in. Up until now, you've simply sat in the shadows, watching others live out their lives. But what do voyeurs see when they look into the mirror? Now, I see you as a strange mix of someone angry yet apathetic but mostly just pathetic. So are you going to watch yourself die today, Adam? Or do something about it? Bite off your friend's penis if you want to live. That's literally what's about to happen. Well, not the penis thing, but like that's where we're headed. All right, all right, all right. And so uh, Adam throws Lawrence the tape player. And so uh, Lawrence plays his tape. It says, Dr. Gordon, this is your wake-up call. Every day of your working life, you have given people the news that they are going to die soon. Now you will be the cause of death. Your aim in this game is to kill Adam. You have until six on the clock. We now see it's only 10.45. So, and I... Don't know if it's, I believe it's morning. So he has a number of hours to kill Adam. And we already know that the corpse is in the middle of the room is holding a gun. And he has one bullet. The voice then goes on to say, there's a man in the room with you. While there's that much, when there's that much poison in your blood, the only thing left to do is shoot yourself. So ostensibly, the body in the room is a previous victim who was being poisoned. And then the only way to escape is to shoot himself. We also hear the person on the tape coughing. So that's sort of our first nod to maybe Jigsaw is not... Again, we don't even know this person's name. I'm just going to call him Jigsaw for... That is what he is. We will find out. For ease of reference, we're hearing the voice of Jigsaw. Our friend is unwell. He's unwell. And he tells us, there are ways to win this game hidden all around you. Just remember, X marks a spot of the treasure. If you do not kill Adam by six o'clock, then Allison and Diana will die, Dr. Gordon. And I'll leave you in this room to rot. Let the game begin. Quite a sticky wicket, Dave. Yeah, I, I think if when I, do you say? I think when I propose to you, it's going to be in the saw voice. That's fine. Ellie, you have two choices to make: one, live with me forever; two, live alone forever. Make your choice. Oh wow! Is that weird? Now, will you ride your little tricycle? No, I feel it sounds very of <laughs> a piece for our relationship. I'm gonna send the puppet out there to do it for tricycle? me. Little puppet's gonna come out and be like, "Make your time. Choose." And I'll tell that puppet, yes, yes, a thousand (laughs) times, yes. (laughs) Amazing. So Lawrence plays the tape. They're they're listening to their their recordings over and over again to be like, well, what the hell does any of this mean? And at the end of Lawrence's tape, like after there's a beat of silence, he hears 
the whispering voice say, follow your heart. Adam is our uh, audience surrogate. So Adam's like, what the fuck does any of this mean? How does this guy know us? How does this guy know I'm a voyeur? Like, why is he such a good writer? Toilet? <laughs> why is he so elegant? Why is he a poet? <laughs> and so they're looking all around and it, Lauren says, follow your heart. Dave, they realize there's a heart drawn in shit on the toilet tank. Mm -hmm. So Adam has to root around in the toilet bowl to find out what's in there. And the toilet is, I'm going to say it, full of poop. Mm -hmm. And it is a tough scene to watch. And he's he's pawing through it. There's nothing there. And Lawrence is like, oh, you know what? It probably meant the toilet tank because that's where the heart is. Yeah, obviously. Unfortunately... Adam opens to discover there's a he finds a bag and in, he rips it open and inside it's two hacksaws, two old rusty hacksaws. So he tosses one to Lawrence. They immediately start sawing through their chain, but the chains are like gigantic. And these are just not built for it. And Adam's saw breaks. He starts screaming and he's like, Why what, what are you doing this stuff? And he throws the hacksaw against the wall and uh the mirror shatters. And it sends like all these large shards onto the ground. And Lawrence says, I think I realize what we have to do. The hacksaws aren't for our chains. They're for our feet. Mm-hmm. And then the he says... The game really is afoot, Hallie. I mean, he says, I think I may know who has done this to us. Excuse me? You know who's doing this? And then we get a flashback. And Lauren says, last I heard, the police still hadn't caught him. And I only know because I was a suspect. Mm. So we flash back to a crime scene and we find Detectives Tap and Singh. Tap is uh, Danny Glover and Detective Singh is Ken Leong along with another detective, Detective Carey. And they're like, we got a bad one. This one's not fresh anymore, at least three weeks out. And we find that the victim is a 46-year-old male, similarly had been kidnapped and had been forced to burrow through razor wire to escape the cage he was put in. And they're like, yeah, he tunneled through the razor wire so fast and cut himself so deeply, there are traces of stomach acid on the floor. Oof. Detective Carey tells Tappan Singh, we also found a tape recorder. On it, they find a message, ostensibly to the dead man that says, hello, Paul. <laughs> You're a perfectly healthy, sane, middle-class Man, yet last month you ran a straight razor across your wrists. Did you cut yourself because you truly wanted to die? Or did you just want some attention? Tonight, you'll show me. So what we're to understand is that this serial killer kidnapped a suicide survivor and is now torturing him for previously attempting suicide? Fuck you. That's an asshole move. You'd think Jigsaw would be like, I know that you are really, really sad. And if you would like a hug, here's my phone number. <laughs> like, why is he accusing this person of trying to kill themselves for attention? This is really like retrograde it's, stuff. It's so, it's in such bad taste. And also it's like, you're it like, at least be like Dexter. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to be a serial killer and you love murdering people, pick someone worse that who, like his one thing is that he 
at one point was extremely depressed and self-harmed. Like, there are other worse people in the world. Why are you targeting this guy? And also, he did not survive. So basically, you just did the thing that he was unsuccessful at. Like, why? Like, what is the rationale? It Jigsaw? was a mercy. I did him a mercy. Like, that's, come on. This I think you're supposed to hate Jigsaw. As far as I can tell, this is the, this is the I don't care for him. opposite of the save the cat moment, where it's like, oh, you are exactly. a bad person. You're not a righteous kill the cat. Uh, serial killer. Yeah, kill the cat. And uh, the message continues, the irony is, well, I don't even know that this is irony. The irony is that if you want to die, you just have to stay where you are. But if you want to live, you have to cut yourself again. Find a pass through the razor wire to the door. But at 3 p.m., the door will lock. And this room becomes your tomb. How much blood will you shed to stay alive? I don't know why that became a little, it went a little RuPaul. I don't know why I was like suddenly <laughs> on Drag Race with that, that one. I thought Buffalo Bill for sure. Exactly. And I'm saying Buffalo Bill on Drag Race. Uh, now that's a season, okay? That is a He's season. going straight to the top. Oh. That's the all-star season, I want to say. So, what we're trying to understand is Jigsaw kidnapped that, this person. They died trying to crawl out of a trap. And it's, like, also, like, what was the alternative? They stay there and die of dehydration? Like, it's, like, what? Like, stay here and, and you don't have to crawl through the razor wire. It wasn't, like, stay here till three and I'll come get you and you'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, not much of a choice. die... Right, like, you're, it's not a choice at all. You're absolutely, Jigsaw's a fucking asshole. I hate this guy. His logic is unsound. And, of course, they know it was the Jigsaw killer because Detective Tapp sees on the back of the victim a Jigsaw piece has been carved out of his skin. And Lawrence, in, in modern day, is telling Adam, the newspaper started calling him the Jigsaw killer. Mm-hmm. And then Lawrence says, which is not accurate, as we just discussed, actually, technically speaking, he's not really a murderer. He never killed anyone. He just finds ways for his victims to kill themselves. Grow up, Jigsaw, right, is, get a life. That's like, still murder. This is like Manson logic. Like, come on. Manson went to prison this for is, suggesting people murder someone. It's also Joker logic. You know what I mean? It's like, um, actually, you killed yourself. Um, actually, I'm allowed to go crazy. It's like, fuck you. Like, what are you, 12? <laughs> yeah, you, I'm not locked in I here with you. Jigsaw You're locked in here with me, Joker. Okay, it's like, well, th- that's it's the same thing. Okay. So, of course, we're having another flashback. So that's just one of the victims. The detectives go to another crime scene. We hear Jigsaw say, hello, Mark. If you're so sick, then why do I have so many photos of you up and about? Let's put your so-called illness to the test. And basically, he explains he's put a slow-acting poison in his veins. The antidote is inside of a safe. And Mark, it has to try to find the combination on the wall. There's like hundreds of different numbers written on the wall. So as if that wasn't bad enough, the ground is covered in broken glass. Oh, and by the way, there is a candle on top of the safe, and Mark is smeared in a flammable substance, so he can explode. It's like this is too much. Also, You've done too much, Jigsaw. Also, the poop is everywhere still. I'm still waiting for you to say. And then they found a bunch of rags and some disinfectant, and they cleaned the poop off of themselves. That hasn't happened yet. Is it I got gonna that, happen? That, there's no. Every every different crime scene is so grimy. So this again, it's also in a warehouse, a different disgusting warehouse. In this case. Jigs, it's like, if you're doing all this, like, oh, okay, uh, flames and glass and, you know, like, okay, of course, they're not going to get out. Anywho, so this previous victim, Mark, he is set on fire, he dies, and the detectives discover him. So it's like, so your victims so far, Jigsaw, are a suicide attempt survivor and a guy you think might be committing insurance fraud because he's <laughs> faking a disability. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, there are other murderers you could be going after. Like, fuck you. I will kick your ass. Okay. This is the shittiest Robin Hood of all time. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is nothing for no one. And also, like, it's just like, what, because they lived on your block? Like, you're like, I could find worse people, but I don't really want to do that. Detective Carey tells Tap and Sing, it's like, we found that there's a peephole, meaning Jigsaw watched this guy die, and they found a pen light. Dave, mm-hmm. the pen light belongs to Dr. Lawrence Gordon, uh-huh. one of the men locked in the room, thus making him a suspect. Good. We then see Lawrence, again, another flashback, a flashback within a flashback. Lawrence, you know, enjoying being an oncologist, talking to his staff, and they're all in thrall of him. And he's talking about a patient with an inoperable brain tumor, which started as colon cancer. And the orderly, whose name is, of course, Zepp Hindle, interrupts <laughs> Lawrence and says, you know, that patient, his name is John. He's a really interesting person. And we see John is unconscious in the room. And I'm like, would doctors really do that? Like, they're trying to explain it to all these students, and it's like, you just pan over, and he's, like, two feet away. Like, take it into another room. And Lawrence kind of, like, blows past that. Like, okay, Zeb, the orderly is, like, here, like, you know, crazy. And I think we're supposed to think, like, oh, he snubs Zeb. But also, like, you can't just yell when other people are talking. You know, be like, he was talking about this guy. You're like, oh, he's very special and interesting. It's like, okay, we get it. It's just embarrassing. (laughs) Leave this man alone. (laughs) <laughs> like, let him do his work. He's doing he's doing important work. Jigsaw sucks. D- Lawrence is an actual doctor. Before he can finish, he gets called to his office, and he's grilled by Detective Tap and Singh, who are like, we think you're Jigsaw because we found your pen light at, these, at the murder scene. So we think you've been killing these people. And they ask him, where were you last night when this murder would have happened? And Lawrence will not tell them where he was last night. But they say, well, we got your pen light, so how about you come down to the station? And he calls his lawyer. Lawrence admits down the station that uh, he was with somebody. It wasn't a crime, but he may have been with somebody that evening. And he does not want his wife or child to find out about this. So he has an alibi, but he refuses to say who it was. And it's like, I, and this is just me as, listen, here's hoping a future wife, I would rather know that you're having an affair than you're a serial killer. It'd be just like, I don't want my wife to find out I was cheating. Well, she's going to find out the police think you murdered people in the worst way possible. Am I wrong? Yes, you are right. You are 100% <laughs> right. And I think that I would always tell you the truth. And I know that you would uh, 100% uh, back me up uh, if I said that I cheated on you in order to avoid yes. the murder charge. Exactly. And, and that's why we're good for each other, murder. Allie. That's why we're perfect for each other. Exactly. And that's what the lawyer says, like, bite the bullet, give them your alibi. If you're cheating, you're cheating, whatever. They're going to fucking charge you, you know? Back in the room, Lawrence tells us that was five months ago. And that five months ago is when I found out the jigsaw killer was trying to set me up for murder. He must have planted my pen light at the scene. So in the flashback, we also see Lawrence gives his alibi. It checks out. We don't hear who it was, but we know that he's been cleared. But the police says, well, obviously you have some interaction with Jigsaw because he had your pen light from, you know, essentially from the hospital. We, we'd like you to listen to the testimony of the one victim who managed to escape Jigsaw, Amanda. So through, I don't think they would do this, but through a two-way mirror, he, uh, he watches as Amanda tells her experience. And we see that Amanda has huge scars on either side of her mouth, kind of like the Joker. See, this movie is Joker-fied. I knew it. Exactly. It all comes back to it. And so Amanda tells us that she too had woken up in a room. She had been abducted by Jigsaw. And she had had what is referred to as a reverse bear trap helmet on her head. So basically, again, it's some sort of industrial basement. 
and a TV in the room flickered on, and we see the Jigsaw puppet. So Jigsaw's avatar, which is a little creepy pup, balding puppet, who rides around on a um, tricycle, I guess, to protect his identity so he could keep doing this. Um, if you've never seen the puppet, just Google Jigsaw Puppet. No eyebrows. I hate it. Can I ask you a question, Hallie, just real quick? Where yeah, does he rank on your all-time favorite horror movie puppet list? I, he's kind of high because I really did enjoy this film. And, and this is hard because, like, do I like any of them? No. Do I can, do I respect them? Like I respect Blade from Puppet Master. <laughs> you don't do I you like don't him? make it seem like you respect him when I bring him up, and you're like, I hate that guy. Well, you do, and I will say this is true. Constantly bring him up in our relationship. He's cute. He's got a little nice I'm hand. Blade's one of them. What about Leech Lady? What about the guy who wears the turtleneck with the big arms? You know what I mean? There's other puppets to discuss. What, I like Jigsaw more than Annabelle. I'll tell you that much. Is Brahms a puppet? Mm, oh, that's tough. If it's if Brobs is a puppet, then he's top of the pops for me. He's, he's, he's the top fave. of the puppets. 100%. Top yeah. guy. So, of course, the puppet turns to Amanda and says, Hello, Amanda. You don't know me, but I know you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a, re- a tent revival preacher or something. <laughs> I want to play I a game. And I saw <laughs> Jesus come down from heaven. That's what I want to play a game. Like. Can I get a witness? Okay. Jesus I feel the spirit inside me. <laughs> Here's what happened. Oh, so basically what happens if she loses, the device attached to her head will rip her fucking jaw off. So like her, her upper jaw will explode into her skull. Her lower jaw will be ripped clean off her skull, which, again, you wouldn't want to have happen. We could all agree on that. You hate to see it. So he tells her there's only one key to open the device is in the stomach of your dead cellmate. And Amanda looks, and there's a corpse in there. And and it says, so you better hurry up. And he, there's a timer that starts when Amanda gets up, not realizing, of course. But again, it's like, what was she supposed to do? Sit there and then just die in a chair? So she stands up. It starts the timer. Amanda's screaming. This thing is on her face, panicking. And there is a scalpel. And then when she lifts the corpse's shirt, there's a question mark on the stomach. And it's not even a butcher knife. It's like a little scalpel, you know? Dave, as she's about to cut into him, her cellmate wakes up. He's paralyzed, but he's not dead. Amanda stabs him anyways to get the key out. And that's why she survived. Is she was willing to take another person's life in order to open up the helmet. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, after she gets it off in the room, she's screaming, she's sobbing. Dave, this damn puppet has the audacity to ride his tricycle into the room with her. It says, congratulations, you're still alive. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. So, like, what is this eat, pray, love bullshit? Like, we're supposed to be grateful? Like, okay, well, you're not being murdered by a serial killer, huh? Do you ever think about that? It's like, fuck you. Oh, okay. I will hit that puppet with a sledgehammer. I'm starting to put it together, Hallie. So, he uh, kidnaps the person who tried to kill themselves because they were ungrateful for living. So, and what we find out is Amanda was a drug addict. So, it's like, again, a suicide mm-hmm. survivor, a man you, who may or may not have had a disability. Like, we don't even get a definitive answer. He could have had an invisible disability. Like, you just couldn't see it in a photograph. And then someone who's addicted to drugs. Of course, the three people in our society that we need to have punished, Jigsaw, you fucking idiot. So, and Amanda is talking to uh, Detective Tap again in the, fla- in the flashback. And Detective Tap says... Um, you know, do you think he picked it because you're a drug addict, you know? And she's like, yeah, you know, I, um, he helped me. 
And it's like, yeah, I guess I like having not having like your head ripped apart would make you think about life differently, but it just seems like a bad way to go about it. Meanwhile, yeah, in the vic- present, this is victim blaming, Hallie. A hundred percent victim blaming. And I would never do that. A jigsaw, more like jigsaw. Okay, <laughs> more like. <laughs> Jigsaw more like sawdust. I don't know. So Lawrence finishes watching Amanda's testimony, horrified, and we return to the present. Present, and he's recounting. He finishes the story to Adam, who again let us remember. Jigsaw told Lawrence, "In order to survive, you have to kill Adam." Dave, at this point in the film, what would you do? What would you do? Okay, I'd probably kill Adam. Okay. Yeah. I don't really see I mean, any other seems... way out of this, right? Well, I, you know what? I, I, I want to flag this because Allison's not here. Allison will go to what I would describe, what we always describe as the um, Allison special, kill yourself. I'm not going to Allison special myself. I'm going to take this guy out and I'm going to survive. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad for Adam. I'm sure he's a nice man. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that he uh, loves his family. But, uh, you know, he's got to go. He's got to go. And I feel like this is the man, the, the very, like, macho, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, toxic masculinity version of, of the Allison <laughs> special is, I'll kill everyone. <laughs> right. I'm That's sorry. a really good point. That's the inverse. Yeah, no, no, I think that makes sense. This is the, this is the Boyfriend of the Pod special. <laughs> the Boyfriend of the Pod special, kill anyone and everyone that you have to. And I think it's helpful because it's sort of like, the, the argument for what for the um, boy for the pod special is I don't trust Jigsaw is just going to let Adam out. You know what I mean? If I were to, if I'm dead, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, hey, you got me, Adam, you can leave. I think he's just going to kill Adam anyways. So if it, ha- it comes down to two people survive or I survive, you know what I'm doing. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. After Lawrence tells his incredibly long, and I will say well-put-together flashback about, like, what has happened and led it to this point, Adam has the audacity to say to him, are you sure it's him? Adam, what? <laughs> like, who else are you talking about? Is there Who's maybe me? another guy with a puppet and, like, weird traps? Maybe. It's like, I don't know. Once he builds a puppet. But no, but Adam's point is, and this is fair, it's like, Lawrence, you were a suspect. How am I to know that you were not staging this? That you brought me here? How am I supposed to know? Mm, and Lawrence intriguing. is like, that's fair, but I'm also tied up and I also want to leave and I also can't. So I'm in the same situation as you. Somebody has put the, and Adam's like, no, you're going to tell me the truth. You're doing this. And Adam picks up one of the big shards of glass that fell out of the mirror when he threw the hacksaw. Except Dave, it's not a mirror. It's two-way glass. And Adam oh. picks up some broken tiles and he smashes the rest of the mirror out. And behind it is thick, like, bulletproof glass. And then behind it is a camera. 
through which somebody is watching them. Okay. Mm. Lauren says, let's go back to the escape room of it all. The tape says that X marks the treasure. So there has to be an X in the room. And Adam's like, how are you just handling this? Like, how are you so calm? Like, this man mentioned your wife and daughter, Allison and Diana, by name in his message. How does he know that? Like, are you terrified that he's threatening your daughter? And Lauren says, I'm thinking about the last time I, last thing I said to my daughter. And then, oh, baby, we're back at another flashback. What is with this movie and flashbacks, Hallie? It's like 90% flashbacks. It 100%. It's flashbacks within flashbacks. And it kind of, I mean, I, I think I understand it now, but like the flashbacks we're, we're seeing right now is literally to the night previous. So this is like <laughs> 12 hours ago we're flashing back to. And we see Diana, um, Lawrence's daughter, she wakes up and she sees there's someone in her closet. She, she goes down and her, and her mother's like, oh, I'm sure it's just the boogeyman. Let's get your dad to come help. And of course, cat's in the cradle with a silver spoon. Jigsaw's there. You're murdering your family. When they go to Lawrence, he's too busy solving cancer to help his daughter. And he says, mm. no, no, let me finish this paragraph, you know. Um, and the cat's in the cradle of the silver spoon. Jigsaw's ripping a jar and a two. You know, like, it, we all have that with our father, you know. I'm trying to save the human race here. Can you shut the fuck up for five minutes? Thank you. Right, can you handle I, the serial killer that's in our daughter's closet, please? But he takes Diana to bed, and there's nobody there. They don't they check it out. There doesn't seem to be anybody hiding there. And he puts her to bed, but then Lawrence's pager goes off, and he has to go back to the hospital. Cancer never sleeps, okay? So he can't either. And Diana's like, I hate that thing. And, you know, Diana says, Daddy, you're not going to leave us, right? And Lawrence is like, no, what, what are you talking about? Do your mom say something about that? I will never leave you. And tomorrow, I will read you your favorite story. As soon as oh, no. he leaves Diana's room, Allison's like, how can you just fucking sleep through? Like, we're your family. You just, you don't even care about us. You just care about your dumb cancer cure. You, you're out <laughs> in the middle of the night, you know. Hall Hallie, what you're telling me is he promises to be there for his child. Yes. The following day. And instead, he is tied up to a radiator in a shit factory. Exactly. Ooh. It's like, I'm sorry, you don't even have time to spend with your daughter. You're too busy being tortured by a serial killer. Okay, I see where your priorities are at. Okay. Classic dad move. So in the present, um, uh, uh, Lawrence takes out his wallet. He throws it to Adam. He's like, oh, these are photos of Diana. And he's like, well, you know, there's no photo of your wife in here, which is kind of interesting. And he's like, no, no, there's a photo of all three of us. It's just tucked behind the photo of Diana. Adam pulls out the photo. It's not the photo Lawrence is talking about. It's a folded up Polaroid of Allison and Diana tied up. Oh! With the words regards and a jigsaw piece. Oh, so again, man. I'm like, so, so what jigsaw is, you're kidnapping a child and a woman to make a man who is a workaholic realize the value of parenting? Like, fuck you. I hate like, this I'm, movie. I'm sorry. I, I knew sucks. you would, and that's why I was excited. It's like, you're an asshole. It's like, yes, okay, obviously you should have spent more time with his family and, you know, repair things with his wife, like whatever. At the same time, you know what's going to hurt them more? Being kidnapped by a serial killer and hell for fucking ransom until their dad cuts off his fucking foot with a hacksaw. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what a cool lesson to learn. Like, you've just completely scarred this child. Oh, dad's yeah. around more to play catch, but also I have horrible nightmares every right, day. I wake up screaming, yeah. <laughs> so on the back of the photo, um, it says, X marks the spot. Sometimes you see more with your eyes shut. And Adam 
he has too much tact, so he doesn't want to tell Lawrence, like, oh, um, I just want evidence that, like, not only are we here, but also Jigsaw did kidnap your family. So he kind of pockets the Polaroid. He's like, oh, the photo you mentioned of your family's not here. And he tosses back the wall, and Lawrence is like, he took my photo of my family. Why would he do it? And we flash back again to the night before, and he's like, uh, Allison, I have to go solve cancer. I'm going to the hospital. She's like, then just get out of here. Unfortunately, <laughs> as soon as he leaves... Diana's closet door creaks open and she screams as she see a man, sees a man's eye watching her and he says, good night, little girl. So there oh. was a man in her closet and they did a piss poor job checking to see if there was somebody there. Unfortunately, this person who's been hiding there grabs Diana, grabs Allison. So now Lawrence is out of the house, doesn't know that his family, even before he gets abducted, has been tied up and is being held captive by the man. Hallie, you would never allow this to happen, ever. I don't know if the audience knows this, but every (laughs) night before we go to sleep, Hallie has to check multiple times that all of the doors are locked, that the stove is not on, that the oven is not on, that no water is running, that the sliding glass door is locked, the air conditioner (laughs) is off, and uh, it's, it's a routine that happens every day. There is no way a jigsaw would get away with staring at us or stealing our child. No way. Absolutely not. I mean, maybe if the oven exploded, thus opening the window. I mean, like, it would have to be such a secret of secrets of events, but I, I unlikely. Or maybe, like, Blade is hiding in a closet like a, or a drawer or something, and he's tiny. He's hard to see. Right, we're if talking about Blade, Blade. The pu- from Puppet Master, not Blade from the vampire action movie. I would love to have Blade turn out to be in our closet because we're not vampires, so he wouldn't fight us, right? Is that what and that then, and then, about? And then that's the third for our for our threesome, right? Right, exactly. Our, in our throuple, the third is Blade the character from the movies. Not the Blade puppet, movies. the vampire, okay. Dave, we finally see the man who is there uh, 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 tying up Diana and Allison. It is Zepp. The orderly from Lawrence's oh. hospital. Oh, Damn. I knew I didn't like that guy interrupting people, being a jerk. Also, his name's Zip. What a dick. So just then, we see the detective Tap is monitoring the house. And he sees Zep peering out of the bedroom window. And they're, he's monitoring Larry's house because he's convinced that Larry is, you know, even five months after this initial interview, he is convinced that Lawrence is the is Jigsaw. So he's, and he's like, wait a minute, Zepp, there's somebody else in the house. What if he's helping Lawrence? That's why he's able to set up all these traps. You know what I mean? Detective Tap, listen, he, he's, he's almost there, but he doesn't have all the pieces. He doesn't know what's going on. So he's still committed to the idea that Lawrence is Jigsaw. Unfortunately, when you pan out, you see that Tap's room is covered in newspaper clippings and had like the homeland, like the red string. You know what I mean? Like he's sort of gone over into the dark side, like a man obsessed, you know? And so maybe his, like, gauge of reality isn't so great. We see, again, five months ago, Detective Tap driving Lawrence home after the initial questioning, and he sort of basically says, like, you know, you live in a nice neighborhood, but there's a pedophile who we arrested, and he lives two blocks from you, so the sewer runs under everybody's house, you know what I'm saying? And Lawrence is like, okay, I don't know if I get the metaphor, but thanks for the ride. And we see Detective Tap becoming obsessed. You know, he's, he's in the police station. He's watching the Jigsaw video that Amanda had. When I'm like, did she get a copy of it? Like, I, I don't even understand how she obtained it, but he's becoming obsessed with the Jigsaw story. And, and Detective Singh, his partner, comes over. He's like, let's go get some dinner, maybe step away, like, get, you know, whatever. Maybe put some headphones in because you're just watching a TV out loud in the precinct. 
And Tab's like, no, I'm going to do it. And Singh's like, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you should get a girlfriend. Just then, right as Singh is about to leave and go have a brewski with the other cops, Tap sees something in the video. Graffiti from a certain gang that apparently runs a very limited space, including 118th Street in whatever city is supposed to be, and then a noise of a fire alarm. And they're able to track down what, what warehouses had a fire alarm go off within the time period where, you know, Amanda would have been kidnapped. And they were able to figure out to the warehouse, it was, and it was Tuesday's 17th. And it was in one of the city's thousands of abandoned warehouses. And that's police work. And I appreciate that. That's where they did it. So they said, we're going to go right now. And Singh says, wait, shouldn't we wait for a warrant? Tab says, who said anything about a warrant? So they go alone in the dead of night to a serial killer's lair. And they just bust in there with shotguns. And don't worry, Dave. It is an old decommissioned mannequin factory. So there are mannequin torsos and limbs everywhere. They walk into sort of like the lab area. You know, we make new mannequins. I don't know how it works. And there is, they find under all these fabulous red velvet sheets covering everything, a little dollhouse version of Adam and Larry's torture scenario. So before it even Mm. existed, the cops find that he was planning this. Like he was making a diorama. We also see Jigsaw the puppet and like a hog head mask with long hair. I don't know if that was in the trailer, but also very disconcerting. Of course, under the final sheet, they find a living victim, Jeff, who is gagged. He has a collar around his neck and, of course, a drill aimed at his head. Just then, the uh, industrial elevator turns on and they both turn and point with their guns. And Tap says, wait, Sing, let's see what he's going to do. I think we know what he's going to do. Like, I don't think you need any more evidence. Like, I this don't want to find out what he's going to do. Yeah, and I'm not saying the police should just absolutely shoot, you know, a suspected serial killer. But, like, I don't know, knock him over the head, like, get in position, handcuff him. You know what I mean? Let's just, and what they do is they hide behind a big curtain. So they're basically hiding, like, this is, like, the Marx Brothers or something, waiting for a serial killer to come in and kill this guy, Jeff, who, as you can imagine, is freaking out. They literally cover Jeff back up with with the curtain, and then they run and they hide. So they're hiding when Jigsaw, who's wearing like a black hooded cloak and like a big fabulous red scarf, gets off the big industrial elevator. And he starts climbing the stairs to his workshop, Dave, and he's moving really slowly because as we've evidenced by the cough earlier, he is unwell. And he takes off his the velvet cover and he says, don't cry, Jeff, you're a test subject for something far greater than yourself. And finally, Tap and Sing leap out and they yell, freeze, police. But Jigsaw stomps on a button and the um, drills on either side of Jeff's head start whirring closer and closer. And so, of course, he tells them, you have a choice. In 20 seconds, the life of this man will be ended. One key will unlock it. It's in the box. And Sing opens the box. There are dozens of keys. And he has to try each and every one as Jeff is like panicking. The drills are getting closer. I'm sorry. I'm seeing one word at this point. Blammo. I'm sorry, Jeff. I am shooting Jigsaw. Like, I don't see any other way out of this. You're up against a serial killer. And what your plan is, you're going to just try dozens of keys? It's not going to (laughs) happen. He likes to play the game fair. I get it. And then he says, what's more important, officer, arresting me or the life of another human being? You are going to escape and kill more people, Jigsaw. So it's not just about arresting you. It's about all the other people that we know you're going to kill because that's sort of your whole thing. 
And Tap is able to get on, like, grab Jigsaw and throw him to the ground because he is unwell. And he's like, you sick bastard. And Jigsaw's like, yeah, I'm sick, officer. Sick from the disease eating away at me inside. Sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. Sick of those who scoff at the suffering of others. Meanwhile, you have literally set up two drills boring into a man's head. But okay, sure, yeah, this is about other people, asshole. <laughs> I wrote, Jigsaw is why Trump won. So that's where I'm coming with it with this. Absolutely. Singh is like, I can't figure out the key. So he starts shooting at the drill machinery, which kind of like stops the machine and distracts Tap. Just then, Jigsaw unsheathes the giant blade, which is kind of malignant-esque, and he turns and he slices Tap's throat. Oh. And again, it's like, you are trying to make this argument. You just killed a person. You know what I mean? Like, all your logic doesn't add up, and also you just slit somebody's throat. So Jigsaw runs away like the bitch he is, and Singh is just firing after him, and he tries to help Tap, but Tap's like, no, go on without me. Classic cop movie move, you know. Run after him. Singh runs after Jigsaw, and he runs on the stairs. Dave, before he gets to Jigsaw, he triggers a tripwire, and about Oof. a dozen shotguns hanging from the ceiling go off, killing Singh horribly, basically blowing off his head. Dang, that poor man. And Jigsaw gets away. And Tap, whose throat has been cut, but like still wants to go help because, you know, he's a good guy. He walks down the stairs and he has to find Singh's body. And he tries to scream, but he can't as Jigsaw mm. runs. So now we're back in the present in the toilet torture room. So five months have passed. Tap's throat has healed and he has a terrible scar. But in the interim, he has become convinced that Lawrence is Jigsaw. And now... It's the day of that Lawrence is missing. Tap has found out that Lawrence is gone. And he's like, this is proof that he's in the wind. He's on the run. Why he'd happen to run today, I don't know, but he, we're doing it. Well, hold on. Yeah. He didn't see Jigsaw's face? No, because he had a hood. Had their fight. Ah, the hood, okay. Now, yes, I would argue that they were literally physically fist fighting, so he would have seen it. It's not like he had a mask on. Just he a little sort peak. of like it was yeah. like a boxer, you know, like boxers have those like hooded and then you throw it back dramatically. It was kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. So no, unfortunately, he did not see who it was. He's convinced it's Lawrence. And he sort of taps in his room, like sort of talking to himself, like, we're gonna close the case, sing. I'm gonna do it for you. You know, he's been driven mad by the terrible death of his partner. You know, we've all been there. Meanwhile, we see that Zep the orderly is the one watching the video stream of Adam and Adam and Lawrence in the torture bathroom. And he's watching it on a screen in the Gordon's house. So he has sort of not only kidnapped uh, or tied up Allison and Diana. He has made the Gordon's home into his sort of, you know, head of operations. It is almost four. So Larry has only two hours, according to Jigsaw's instructions, to kill Adam in order to survive and rescue his family. So as you can imagine, Lawrence is freaking out, demanding Adam, like, help me look for the ex. And Adam, based on the what's on the Polaroid of Lawrence's family, which he has not shown Lawrence, he says, turn off the lights. Larry does, and there's a X on the wall in glow-in-the-dark paint. So Larry's able to break through the tile, and he, he opens a little box, of course, with the key that was in his initial envelope. This is an escape room, now that I'm saying it. And he finds inside the box is a flip phone. And now they're excited, like, oh, my God, we can call the cops. Two cigarettes and a lighter. And a note that says, the cigarettes are harmless. I promise smoking is only poisonous when it ends in bloodshed. Think about this. You don't need a gun to kill Adam. Larry, of course, tries a cell phone, but realizes he can only receive calls to it, not make them. 
And then Larry says, wait, this happened before, 12 hours ago. So we flash to, again, the night before. And we see Larry walking to his car, ostensibly after going to the hospital. But we already know perhaps he was having a little something on the side. And he's going to drive home. And he, in the darkness, she sees what looks like the flash of a camera. And it kind of dazzles him. But he doesn't see anyone. So when he drives out the exit, he has to call security to let him out because it's after 10. He cannot dial out. He gets the same weird busy signal. Dave, as he's trying to call security with his cell phone, and he's got the same, like, do-do-do message, the back door of Lawrence's car opens, and somebody crawls out on all fours wearing a pig mask, which you saw earlier, a long black wig, and a red tunic on all fours and starts crawling towards him before grabbing Lawrence and throwing him in. Back in the and room. And there we go. There we go. So okay, that's how he got grabbed. Yeah. And Lawrence says, Adam, how did you know to turn out the light to see the, the glow-in-the-dark X and find the box? And Lawrence is like, um, instinct. But Lawrence isn't stupid. And finally, Adam admits, I, um, I didn't want to show you this Polaroid of your family being kidnapped. Um, but here it is. And he throws to Larry. Larry breaks down, screaming, crying, obviously freaking out. And then he starts to be like, okay, do I have to kill Adam? So he sees a cigarette note, and he remembers that Jigsaw said the, the corpse in the room had a slow-acting poison in their body. So when Adams is kind of, like, has his face in his hand, he's distraught, Lawrence dips the tip of the cigarette in the poisoned blood. And then he shuts off the light. When they shut off the light, Zep the orderly cannot see them, and they're able to whisper to one another because the audio is poor, so he can't find out what they're planning. Lawrence turned the lights back on, and he asked Adam, hey, do you still want that cigarette? And this obviously big fake fashion. And Lawrence is like, I sure do want that cigarette. So Lawrence throws him the un-bloodied um, cigarette, so the, the cigarette that is fine. Adam smokes it, and then he pretends to choke and die, falling to the ground. And Lawrence is like, I did what you wanted. I killed him. Now let me out. Let me have family out. Unfortunately, Adam wakes up screaming because he's being electrocuted through his chain. Thus revealing oh. he wasn't, it was just a scheme. He wasn't poisoned. But luckily, with the electric shock, he remembers how he got abducted. And he remembers going to home, to his, his apartment, which is a fucking dump, and then going into his dark room to develop his photos. Because Adam is a photographer. And Adam recalls— The electric shock made him have a, a memory? I, I guess that's—I don't know how—I I don't even know what electricity is, let alone how it works. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> So maybe, it's, uh, yeah. I I didn't realize that tying yourself to a car battery would allow you to have better memories. That is, please do not try strange. this at home, ladies and gentlemen. We're begging please. you not to do it. God. So Adam remembers waking. He fell asleep in his dark room while he's developing uh, photos, and he wakes up and the power's out in his apartment, and he realizes there's somebody walking around. You know, in his space, he uses the flash on his camera to illuminate the apartment. And, of course, he hears the sound of laughter. It's the jigsaw puppet, which he then rightfully hits with a bat. And he turns and he snaps another photo using the flash to illuminate. And the pig-headed man, jigsaw, leaps out of the darkness at him. Just then, the cell phone in the torture bathroom rings. And it's Diana, Lawrence's daughter, calling, sobbing, saying the bad man from her room has them tied up. And, no. they, and he has a gun. This sucks. And he says, can I talk to I'm so sorry. Can I talk to your mother? And Allison gets on and, and he, Allison asks Lawrence, is Adam there? And Lawrence is like, what? how do you know Adam? And Allison tells him, don't believe Adam's lies. He knows you. 
he knew all about you before today. And then the call drops out. Dave, at this point of the film, no. I got to ask you, who will survive? Who will survive? Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. I mean, at this point, it sounds like Adam's in on it in some way. It's a photographer. He's taking photos for Jigsaw. So maybe he's part of it. He's going to die for sure. I think he's he's crooked, so he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the family survives because one, you can't kill a kid in one of these movies. It's just not cool. Yeah. And you know, the mom's there. Um, I think Jigsaw is gonna die. And I think Lawrence uh also dies. And the only one that survives is Danny Glover. That's what I'm gonna say. Great. Love it. Okay. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA, a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA, debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So the call drops, and Lawrence is sta- sitting there like, uh, and Adam has the stones to say, oh, um, what did they say? And Lawrence says, that's so funny, yes. My wife told me that you know who I am, that uh, you, this whole time, you know who I am. Um, so who are you? And Adam says, you know who I am. You know, what did you do last night, Lawrence? You said you went to the hospital to help you with cancer, but that's not true. Do you really not remember getting your photo taken in the parking lot? And we flash back to that moment where Lawrence sees what looks like the flash of a flashbulb, but then looks around, there's no one there. That was Adam taking photos of Lawrence in the parking garage. And we find out that he has been following Lawrence and thus knows that Lawrence was meeting with his secret lover, one of his medical students who we saw in the initial hospital scene where he's explaining the patient's cancer, Carla, and he's meeting with her at a seedy hotel. And Lawrence is like, Wait, so you've been taking photos of me for how long? Adam turns and he pulls out of the same bag with the hacksaws photos of Lawrence and throws it to him. So he's been tracking her for like weeks, maybe even months. And he's like, did you bring these photos with you? He's like, no, they were in the bag with the hacksaws. So not only did I know you, obviously, Jigsaw knew I've been tracking you. In the flashback at the hotel, again, this is just 12 hours earlier the night before, Carla starts to undress, and Lawrence, because he's a righteous man, says, no, I can't do this. And he apologizes, and he turns to leave. Just then, the phone in this horrible motel rings, and both of them are like, does someone know you're here? Carla, again, made a huge mistake, picks up the phone. It's for Lawrence. So he takes the phone, which is dumb as hell. You're having an affair. So who's calling you? Are you stupid? And a man whispers, I know what you're doing, doctor. Lawrence panics. He rushes out. He runs to the car in the garage. We see Adam take the photo. And that's sort of where we you reunite with what we already know. 
And Loris is like, okay, so who hired you? Was it my wife? Was it, you know, like, I want to know what's going on. And and Adam's like, it was a guy named Bob. I, I don't remember anything about him. Which, again, is like, that's not, no one has ever said that about someone who they met in real life and been paid to do a job. And Larry's like, old or young, fat or skinny, what race are we talking about? And Adam says, well, he's a tall black guy with a big scar around his neck. Detective Tap. Oh! So oh, Detective my God. Tapp, what a twist. Yeah, so Detective Tap, you know, hired him. And Lauren said, of course, the detective. And I was like, no, no, this guy was not a cop. And he says, well, he's not anymore. He was discharged from the force because he had a breakdown after his partner, Singh, was killed. And he's convinced himself that I must be the murderer. Which is like, I don't know. I kind of see where he's coming from, Lawrence. It's not looking good for you. There's a lot of you in this, you know. And Lawrence starts to sob, and he's like, my whole life was perfect, and I didn't appreciate it. You know, that's sort of Jigsaw's whole thing. I have to appreciate my great family and my wonderful life. Meanwhile, back at the Gordons' household, we see Allison and Diana gagged, tied up in the master bedroom. And Allison's able to get the gag out of her mouth. And she tells Diana, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to need you to be really strong. And she manages to untie her hands. Meanwhile... Adam is looking at the photos in the torture bathroom. He took them of Larry's house that night, so the night before. And he sees a face in the window. And Adam was the one who realizes, oh, there's somebody who was in your house. Lawrence, of course, sees and says, that's Zepp the orderly. Why the fuck was he in my house? Because he, we have more information than him. He doesn't know that his family has been kidnapped by Zepp and is being held um, for, well, not ransom, but for nefarious purpose, purposes. And as he realizes, we see Zepp the Orderly sitting, watching the video feed of them, looking like, oh oh, they figured it out. Dave, it is now 6 o'clock, and Larry has oh, not no. killed Adam. And Christ. Zepp's video feed shuts off, and he picks up a gun to kill Lawrence's family. Jesus. So Zepp goes Ooh. in, and he's like, you know, Dr. Gordon's time is up, and you're the one who has to call him and tell him he failed. So in the torture bathroom, Lawrence picks up the phone, and Allison tells him, you failed. But then she turns, and she fucking leaps onto Zepp, because he doesn't know that she has managed to get her hands free, and wrestles the gun out of his hands. And they basically have a huge struggle, and Lawrence just hears screaming of his wife and child and gunshots. So, of course, Lawrence is sobbing, assuming the absolute worst, like the worst you could possibly hear over the phone. But Allison is holding her own. She gets the phone and the gun away from Zepp. And it's like, come help us. He's like, I'm trapped in a room and I'm chained to a pipe and there's a pig-headed man. And Allison's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because she doesn't know anything of what we know, obviously. And Zepp eventually wrenches the gun away from Allison, but she stabs him with a pair of scissors. And it looks like things are, are, are kind of falling to shit for the Gordon remaining, the Gordon girls. Fortunately, somebody else has been watching the apartment the whole time, Dave. Detective Tap, who busts in, guns blazing, and starts firing at Zepp. And again, Lors is just hearing that. Now he's hearing another gunfire. Again, the worst that you could possibly hear. Tap is brawling with Zep, everybody's screaming, and but Zep manages to knock Tap unconscious and yells, I'm gonna kill your husband, Mrs. Gordon. So he sets off. Tap's able to, you know, rouse himself. He sets off after him. And fortunately, Diana and Allison are able to sort of escape. 
while while Zepp heads off to ostensibly the torture bathroom to take care of business. Meanwhile, Larry is so distraught, he basically, like, tries to, like, pull his leg out of the chain, and he gets electrocuted so much he falls unconscious. Oh, he didn't have a memory from being electrocuted here? (laughs) Maybe when he wakes up, he's going to have a memory, but of being electrocuted five minutes earlier. And this leaves (laughs) Adam the only person who is awake and not currently in a gunfight or in a car chase to their location. So Adam's throwing rocks at him, and we say we see outside Zepp roll up to the warehouse with, with Tap in hot pursuit. And the cell phone rings again, and Larry starts freaking out. But the, and when he was electrocuted, the phone has fallen to a part of the room that neither of them could reach. So the phone is ringing and ringing. They cannot get to it, Dave. So Larry's like, all right, I'm going to do it. He grabs the hacksaw, and he starts fucking sawing off his own foot. Finally, Lawrence cares enough about his family to saw off his own foot. And isn't that true love, if you think about it? (laughs) I'd do that for you, honey. I don't want you to. And I don't think Jigsaw should ever put that on your plate, in my opinion. So it's gnarly. Adam is screaming at him to stop. But it's like, Adam, what are the alternatives? You know what I mean? Like, you're screaming, oh, don't do it. It's like, we've exhausted all of the other options. Just then, in the warehouse, Tap catches up with Zep and just starts kicking his ass, wheeling on him. Unfortunately, Dave, Zep is able to wrestle the gun from him, and Zep shoots Detective Tap in the chest, and Tap falls to the ground, dead. That was my guy. I know that was my dude. But he really he he saved Allison and Diana, so he he dies an honorable death. And Zep runs all the way to the torture room as Adam's screaming. Larry's sawing off his foot. And Larry, who looks horrible, crawls his way to the gun in the dead body's hand, and he loads the single bullet that he received at the envelope in the envelope from at the beginning of the film. And Adam's like, "Please do not kill me. I'm begging you." And Larry, Lawrence tells him, "I'm sorry. It's out of my hands. You have to die." And he shoots Adam in the chest. And so Lawrence is like, "I did it. Now show them to me." And we see that Elson and Diana have run to a neighbor's house. They're totally fine. They've called the police. They are safe. In the room, Zep appears, and he opens the door, and Lawrence crawls in and be like, I fucking, I'll fucking kill you. I did it. I did what you told me I had to do. But Zep says, you were too late. You did it after six. And he goes to shoot. Trains his gun at Lawrence, who's like, why, why did you do this? Like, what was the point of this? A great question. And Zep tells him, it's the rules. Suddenly, Adam, who has been shot in the chest but is not dead, leaps to life. And wrestles Zep to the ground and then beats Zep to death with the top of the toilet tank until Larry stops him. Isn't he him. still attached to the chain? He is, but Have he we? is, but Zep got close enough. Not only is he attached to the chain, he has been shot in the chest. <laughs> but he's able to beat Zep to death with the top of the toilet tank until Larry Lawrence stops him. And Lawrence says, Is Lawrence footless? Lawrence is foot- Did he cut the foot and off he, completely. So he's, he's, footless, he's footless, he is totally he's bone white. And Lawrence says, because the door's now open because Zeb came in. He's like, I will go get help. I will promise I will send someone back. I have to go now or I'm going to bleed to death. And, and Lawrence crawls away to freedom as Adam begs him, like, please don't leave me here, please. And he says to, to Lawrence, are we going to be okay? And Lawrence says, I wouldn't lie to you. Now alone, Adam searches through Zeb's pocket looking for the key. And, of course, he finds another tape player. And the message on it says, Hello, Mr. Hindle. Or as they called you around the hospital, Zep. 
I want you to make a choice. There is a slow-acting poison coursing through your system, which I only have the antidote for. Will you murder a mother and her child to save yourself? What was Zep doing wrong that he had to be part of the game? He had a stupid name. I guess, but it's like, he seemed to be really enjoying it. He was like, oh, he's a really interesting guy. I, I seem to be enjoying my job as an orderly. It's like, also, nobody should murder a mother and child to save yourself. Like, that's the wrong moral choice. So with the fact he's forcing him to do it through a slow-acting poison, that's, it, I, it, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I will saw off my own foot and then kick Jigsaw's ass with it, is what I'm saying. Couldn't he have gone to the hospital? Hey, I have a really slow-acting poison. Can you give me an antidote for this? Well, you, no, I'm going to kill a wife and kid. I think it's, I think yeah, it's a great point. Like a faster solution. That's a great point because he's the only one of these victims that has been mobile. Like we've seen him. He's, he's at the, uh, you know, these, the hospital. He's been, the, we see him at the. Uh, Hell, he works at a hospital. Yeah, Zep, this he is He works at a hospital. This is on you. But it also means that Zep was a pawn in the game. He was not the real Jigsaw. Who was the real Jigsaw? As Adam watches the corpse that has been lying on the floor this whole time for hours gets up covered in blood, what? turns to him, and we see that it is John, the brain cancer patient that Zepp interrupted Lawrence to say, oh, he's a very interesting person. He has been lying on the floor this whole time between them. Oh, my God. In the poop. In the poop, in, in the, the poop. mud, in the broken tile. And Jigsaw tells Adam, the key to the chain is in the bathtub. And we have the flashback of Adam waking up and the key with the blue light getting washed down the drain when he accidentally pulls the plug. Again, that's not his fault. Like, why should he be punished? Like, that was on you. You shouldn't have put it in there. And we finally, we get a montage of all these scenes and we hear Jigsaw saying once again in voiceover, I'm sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. However, I would like to point out that kidnapping and torturing people instead of enjoying your last few months alive because you're dying of brain cancer seems like the ultimate ingratitude for your life. In yep. fact, you are the one who needs to learn gratitude. Okay, now go around, spend your final days, go hang out with your grandkids. You're going to put on a pig mask and crawl around in a parking garage? Shame. Maybe that's how he has fun, huh? Maybe that's what is uh, exciting to him. Maybe he gets a lot of kids. You know, and you can tell he does because he's got robes, he's got red velvet cloaks, he's got. This is a dude who's like, I'm going to die, I'm getting robes, I'm I'm getting various uh, (laughs) velvet uh, uh, accoutrements for my body, scarves and things. I'm going as fabulous as I can. You're absolutely right. So finally, Adam grabs Zep's gun to try to shoot Jigsaw, but Jigsaw zaps with the electrified chain, and Adam collapses. And we hear the final voiceover. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. And Adam screams as Jigsaw shuts off the light and slams the door shut, telling him, game over. So Dave, what are some fatal mistakes that you think some characters in the movie Saw may have made? Fatal mistakes. The things that led them to die? Well, Zep, number one, not going to the doctor and saying, someone gave me a slow-acting poison, please help me. Um, I think Lawrence not following through with the affair. He should have just called it. Maybe things would have gone differently if he'd just done it and then apologized. Oh, okay. You, you think know? things, he might, he should have just done it. I'll tell you, if he, they were having sex, they would have answered the phone. So he would have yeah, run out exactly. right at that moment. So he wouldn't have been kidnapped by Jigsaw. Bingo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know what? If you're if you're that kind of person and you have a moral failing of that nature, 
and just see it through. Exactly. You know, just do it. Again, that's that's um, another kind of gratitude. That's another kind of like, hey, I'm really enjoying life have, uh, having an affair <laughs> with one of my medical students, so— yeah, I would never do that to you, honey. But I mean, I think in this in the case of this movie, yeah, he should have just done no it. offense, you don't have any medical students. If you were running a medical school out of the apartment, I'd be more concerned, you know, than an affair. <laughs> yeah, I've got a it's a little practice, you know, in the closet. Practice here, makes and, perfect. Uh, people come by. It's called Seven Minutes in Heaven, and it's a great class that you can all can take if you want. No, I'm just kidding. You get a full face. Um, yeah, those are the big <laughs> full facelift. Those are the mistakes that I feel yeah. are, are pretty. Um, Pretty glaring in this situation. Also, again, not checking the entire house if your child says that they saw something, you know. Yes. Do, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. Look through all of the uh, various nooks and crannies of your home. Make sure there is no creepy orderly hiding <laughs> in your closet. I will also say the apartments, the Gordon's apartment and the neighbor's apartment, they look like the set of the movie The Room. Like, there are all these, like, mm-hmm. billowing tapestries. Like, every room looks like a vampire may have— Like, they they, they bought it furnished from oh, a vampire. Oh, like, like pieces of fabric, like, from the ceiling that are just, like, floating in the breeze. Yeah, it's a weird they look. I loved that stuff in 2004. <laughs> That's true. Another thing—here's another regret that I think uh, these characters should have. I think with the Jigsaw, uh, you know, he could have been more like Queen Latifah in Last Holiday. And he could have gone off and done all the things he always wanted to do. Cross things off of a bucket list, if you will. Like another movie. No, he had to kill people, torture children. Come on. I guess that was his bucket list. But I do do think this (laughs) is, the moral is be more like Queen Latifah. Absolutely. I mean, that's how I live my life. And then finally, where would you play Saw on the spooky scale from 1 to 10 screams? Keeping in mind, as we always do, that the spooky scale is a scale of how scary we find something, not how good we think the movie is. A spooky scale. I absolutely loved Saw. I had a blast. It, it was way more of a thriller. You know what I mean? It's much more of like a mystery than I was led to believe. I thought it was going to be wall-to-wall, more of a human centipede type of moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I wasn't really scared most of the time you were talking about the movie. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a six or a seven Yeah, on the spooky scale. It's spooky, the idea of, like, putting your hand in a toilet full with, uh, filled with poop. Right. But it's not that spooky. You know, there's no, like, supernatural elements to this. Right. Jigsaw is really going after people with a moral failing. Um, and as as a completely pristine human being who's never made a mistake, <laughs> I'm not worried about that at all. Not yet. He's um, going to catch you slipping, though. Yeah. Oh, no. He's going to catch me, like, sneaking a cigarette at a bar or something. Yeah, and it's going to be poison. It's going to be slow-acting poison. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think that would probably be your moral failing that he would get you, catch you slipping and having an occasional cigarette. I want to say mine would be sloth. You know what I mean? Like, or like um, (laughs) eating too many snacks. Yeah, wash the dishes for once, Hallie. Yeah, and then I, like, he's going to bear me under like a a metric ton of dishes and I have to wash my way out or some bullshit. I I fucking hate this guy. I hate Jigsaw. I ask Hallie every night, hey, just put, don't, don't put the dishes in the sink. Rinse them off, put them in the dishwasher. And That's I why screamed, God invented the dishwasher. I will call Jigsaw, and it's so fast, if you make me wash my own dishes. I'm not asking you to wash them. I'm asking you to put them in the machine that washes them for you. Listen, you know— I'm going to tie you <laughs> to a dishwasher and put a tape in your pocket and say, wash the dishes. Listen, I think if a bunch of— Make your choice. Yeah, listen, I think if a bunch of roaches come out and run around on a plate, isn't that kind of the same thing as it being washed? We have a roach problem. We just had somebody <laughs> spray. <laughs> I shouldn't reveal that to— Oh, my God. Don't tell them about our roach problem. That is 
private it's not information. Our roach problem, like it's not like our personal. This is a is an ongoing issue for the world. Uh, I'm gonna give this take responsibility for our <laughs> issue. <laughs> okay, I, I should I should rinse off the dishes. Um, sorry, Jigsaw. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a five because I agree. I really enjoyed this film, but I wasn't scared at any point. It's really more of like. Ooh, figuring out who it is and how they did it and, and what the mechanisms are. Um, but again, couldn't have loved it more, especially for a film that I've he- obviously heard about for nigh on uh, two decades and not seen um, two severed thumbs way up for me. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for for filling in for old Allison, um, who says she's going to listen to all the episodes. So we'll, we'll see what she says when she goes back, what her reviews I, are. I'm praying that mine is the best. In her mind, at least, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send her a nice bouquet of flowers after her next show, and just say, check out my episode of Ruined, please. Really grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. Which is also how Jigsaw would kill a train conductor. <laughs> well, on that note, okay. <laughs> um, Jesus. thanks so much for listening, you guys, and um, until and then we, here we're gonna say it at the same time, Dave. Until next time. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Uh, that was literally as good as Elsa and I have ever done it, so thank you. That was perfect. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.